the new fully electric Audi e-tron GT. Enjoy the breathtaking performance and design of the future of electric mobility from Audi. With Quattro-inspired flared wheel arches and matrix design LED headlights, every element has been carefully considered and selected to help deliver a thrilling drive. And with an acceleration of 0 to 100 kilometers per hour in 4.1 seconds, the Audi e-tron GT is performance electrified. Start the future now and visit audi.ca to learn more. Thank you for uh, joining us on the Financial Post Down to Business. I'm Larissa Harrapin. As we uh, look forward to a summer of a possible getting back to normal, businesses and industries struggle with the prospect of reopening only to close again. And for the sector's hardest hit, what will it take to rebuild? Well, in this first of a two-part series on reopening, we talked to Todd Barkley, the CEO of Restaurant Brands Canada. Hi, Todd. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Todd, Canada is on the brink of reopening. Provinces are setting out their reopening plans. How optimistic are you? How excited are you? Well, you know, certainly I I would say my emotions are mixed. That's probably the best way to describe it. There is a level of excitement, certainly in locations, provinces across the country that are moving quickly. Perfect example of that is is British Columbia yesterday announcing the fact that actual dining rooms will open uh, yesterday, which is fabulous news for our industry and certainly something that uh, will be well received and will create a level of excitement for the industry in that province. We're seeing similar things in places such as Quebec, which is also very promising news. But the reason as to why I use the term mixed is because in some other provinces, we continue to move uh, not as quickly, unfortunately, uh, quite slow uh, from our industry's perspective. Ontario is a perfect example of that. We're still wondering if our patios in this province will be open by June 14th. And certainly from projections, it looks as though we could be waiting another close to two months until dining rooms are open. And just to give some perspective on that for your listeners, in Ontario, uh, there are locations that have been closed for more than 365 days over the past 15 months, essentially a lost year of business. And so often, as I listen to various different politicians and folks who have you know, access to microphones, they talk about the fact that you know we're all in this together and we need another couple of weeks. I think it's important to reflect on that and think, you know what? Yes, maybe we are all in the same storm, uh, but effectively we're not in the same position in that storm. You know, this is an industry where you know, people have lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods, lost their savings, lost their businesses. And, and these are the stories that I hear every day. So you know, certainly, yes, there is some excitement to get going again, uh, but there is a lot of work uh, to rebuild this industry. And uh, there's a lot of expectations from this industry to get government help to continue to support us and to help us build out of it. Um, Let's get into some of the elements that you had touched on. Companies, restaurants have been in positions where they've had to reorganize, restructure. Uh, When you and I last spoke in March, uh, you had uh, put out a dismal fact that this 50% survival rate that some of these uh, businesses, these restaurants might not make it. What have you been hearing when it comes to insolvencies? 
So we know that 10% of the restaurants across this country have disappeared, unfortunately. And so that represents just a little bit over you know, 10,000 locations. And we're hearing from broadline distributors who uh, provide food, groceries to these locations on a daily basis, that that number will probably be even larger. It's hard to exactly predict, and I'll explain why. There, there is a segment of this, this industry that has effectively gone dormant right? They're waiting. They're waiting to see what will happen. They're waiting to see when it is right to reopen. And as a reflect on that, it's, it's important to, to, to really, you know, think about the reasons as to why they're waiting. I mean, effectively eight out of 10 restaurants operating today aren't making money. Uh, six out of 10 actually are losing significant dollars. So even the programs that have been put in place by governments across the country to try to support us, which have been very universal, in their rollouts. I mean, you've probably seen yourself and I'm sure your listeners have seen that uh, a lot of dollars have gone to organizations that uh, maybe potentially didn't need the dollars that were being, being provided by the federal government and, and by some provinces. But this is an industry that, that absolutely needed the support. And it's an industry that even with that support, unfortunately, you know, still is not able to keep uh, its nose above the water in many cases. So the dormant, the, the, the dormant factor is just related to restaurants wondering what's going to happen, you know, post opening, because it's also important to reflect on the fact that yes, it's great to have patios open, but patios only represent a portion of our total business. We really need to have the ability to also have indoor dining occur. So many are waiting to see the types of programs that are going to be in place to support them once the reopening starts. And as we've said to the federal government, and we've said to all provincial governments, effectively, we don't we can't have the support end as soon as patios open. We can't have the support end even when dining rooms reopen because there's still going to be restrictions in place. And this is a business that operates on very thin margins. However, it is a business that governments should be supporting and investing in. And I'll give you some reasons as to why. 95% of every dollar that comes into a restaurant is redistributed back out into the community in wages, in uh, rent, in various different uh, uh, initiatives to, to support local economies and, and, and charities, you know, typically, you know, low single digits are kept by the operators themselves. So not only do we employ 1.2 million people across the country, currently 500,000 still unemployed because the restrictions are in place, but we also support a much broader uh, industry and all of the different people that uh, and organizations that that support us. The other thing that that makes us an industry uh, we're supporting is the people that we employ. You know, we've heard the Liberal government federally talk about the importance of bringing a million people back to work. Uh, we can bring over four hundred thousand people back to work very quickly if we can survive. It's much easier to turn the lights on than it is to entirely rebuild. So there are lots of opportunities for us to bring people back to work, and those people are the people that that the government wants to bring back to work, women, minorities, first Canadians, students, all of the different people that they're talking about uh, who are, you know, the, the, the folks that they really want to focus on to, to get back to work. And the last reason as to why, well, there's many reasons, but another significant reason as to why I think government should be supporting our industry is that the tax dollars that come in uh, per dollar spent at a restaurant versus dollar spent at a retail grocery is 10 times. So, once we get going, the dollars that will be put back into the government coffers to help to support us will come back very, very quickly. Let's talk about some of the other elements that uh, the restaurant industry faces. When you and I had last uh, spoken 
Uh, and of course, this this word has been uh, <laughs> so topical: inflation. The, the concerns here around rising food costs, fuel costs, the cost of PPE. What are you hearing from restaurant owners? So you're you're right, and I think when we spoke about it last time, and in some ways I, I feel the same way. It, it's it's a challenge to solve. The first challenge is to get open, um, and you know we, we as an industry and all industries uh, across the country and across the world will be dealing with with inflation. So it, it's a concern. It, it it absolutely is, and and with many of the discussions that I'm having with with different executives as well as uh, individual operators across the country, there is a level of concern uh, in inflation or with inflation, we'll have to work very closely with our, our vendor community to ensure that we can keep costs as low as we possibly can. And there's various different ways that you can deal with this as an, as an operator of a restaurant while you're operating, right? There's different things you can do from menu perspective in terms of how you, you know, create different menu items and you know, source different you know, products as, as ingredients for menu items. So it, it is an issue. It will definitely you know, cause menu inflation from a, a, a cost for individuals you know, coming to restaurants. You can see that in other regions across the world where we're seeing you know, typical inflation that, that might run at you know, 2% for, for menu inflation in, in a typical year. It could be close to double that uh, for, for some uh, menu items going forward. But it's a very creative industry. It's an industry you know, full of, of entrepreneurs who can, who can you know, battle through those challenges and work closely with their vendor community to you know, offer great items on their menus at you know, costs. It's going to be something that, that people will, will, will trade into. Uh, again, it's, it's an issue, but the, the main focus for us right now is getting open. Once we're open, we'll be able to manage the, through those concerns. Similar with the, the issue related to employment. Uh, a lot of people ask me that question, and it is a concern. As I mentioned, I think over the the longer short term, uh, we will have to continue to work closely with government to create various different you know programs to incent people to to come back to work. Uh, but that is something to solve once we're back to full capacity, and uh, we'll, we'll manage those hurdles and challenges in industry going forward, as well as industries will be forced to. Are supply chains an issue? Yeah, good question. You know, we, we have great partners in uh, supply chain across, across the industry. What, what, what is it really difficult and challenging for our industry? And, and it's different than other small businesses. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't want to make light of the fact that, it, that it's easy for others where, you know, you have inventory that doesn't spoil, that doesn't waste. Uh, you know, obviously in the food industry, there is a significant amount of the inventory that you carry, which will go bad if you don't, uh, uh, you know, create the menu item and, and, and sell it to a guest. So yes, there are some concerns. I, I know that our, our supply chain you know, partners across the industry have been, you know, working very closely with uh, various different manufacturers as well as growers of, of different products uh, across, uh, you know, both North America and, and, and really the world. The point that I'm getting to here is that it just it helps when when the government gives us more time. Right. Um, when you're told tomorrow that you can open, I mean, that's a better scenario than, you know, being told that you're going to open up a month uh, from now. Uh, but you do have to you have to manage through the inventory levels. You have to manage through getting people back to work. Uh, but I know that our supply chain partners are ready, willing and able to, to jump into action as quickly as possible. And the good thing is if there's a good piece of this and the fact that unfortunately we're still closed, we've been able to learn from other regions across the world in terms of what happens, how quickly things come back on. And I know that our supply chain partners are already starting to beef up their inventories to get ready for that. 
We uh, often talk to uh, business leaders about how the pandemic has fundamentally changed their industry, structural changes. Let's get into some of the trends that may be here to stay or um, we might see them dissipate altogether. How important is it to have online presence? It's significant. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely exploded. I mean, for, for most industries, but specifically to the, to the restaurant industry, having uh, online presence, having uh, you know technology to move your business outside of your four walls. And, and that's really the most fundamental shift uh, that has happened for this industry forced upon us, obviously, because we can't be open. Uh, but we are now creating experiences for our brands outside of our four walls in a way that's really never happened to this extent. I mean, certainly there are some restaurants, uh, some chains in our industry that have always been uh, more focused on on off-premise business, uh, delivery, takeout, pickup, and so forth. Um, however, a great percentage of restaurants uh, didn't focus there. We, we've seen a shift from, you know, 80% of restaurants uh, prior to the pandemic doing, you know, takeout or delivery to now, you know, into the high 90s. And we expect that once the pandemic is over, you know, close to 100% of restaurants will be doing, you know, business outside of their four walls. And that can exist in various different ways. I mentioned delivery, takeout, I mentioned um uh, pick up. Um, the, the, the other, the other thing that, uh, you know, certainly has, has happened is also the experience outside of the four walls as it relates to patios, right? As much as dining rooms, you know, hopefully will reopen as quickly as possible. You know, there's still going to be some people who are tentative to that type of experience. I mean, they've been listening to politicians and medical folks speak for months about, you know, being in close contact with others. So they'll, they'll want that, outdoor eating experience and and many many restaurants have invested in in uh, that type of, of experience they've invested in their patios and and thankfully many municipalities have also uh, changed their bylaws to, to allow for that to change so that shift from within our four walls to outside of our four walls has significantly changed the industry and and the folks who have uh, survived or uh, been able to to work through this pandemic in the greatest way are, are the folks that were already really set up to do that. Uh, second, I would say would be the ones who were able to pivot very quickly to a business that was off premise and and create great experiences for their guests. Because you have to remember when you're creating an experience within four walls, where you know the the the, the product only has to move, you know. 40 feet from the kitchen to the table. That's very different than two miles or three miles. How you package it? Is it hot? What's the experience when, when the consumer opens it? It's, you know, some of your signature quote unquote dish, dishes uh, in a restaurant may not deliver all that well outside of your four walls. So a lot has happened in terms of, of uh, you know, driving off-premise type initiatives. And the technology in order to do that uh, has also grown significantly. And I think it actually will be a challenge for some of the, the smaller and mid-tier restaurants going forward to be able to compete and invest in that level of technology going forward because it's not cheap. It's expensive. So, you know, those folks who are more technology, uh, technologically savvy or uh, the, the larger folks who can invest in that type of infrastructure, I think will have a, have a leg up on, on competitors for sure. Talk to us about the uh, automated aspect of the industry. I have uh, purchased a piece of cake through a vending machine. I've ordered my McFlurry at a kiosk. 
Um, it, are, are robots going to replace that human part of the, the this service industry? I think for transactional type experiences that, you know, you'll see a trend with, you know, more automated robotic type initiatives for sure. I, I think though that as I reflect on this industry and what makes this industry great is it's about the experience. It's about the interaction. It's about the atmosphere, the ambiance. So I think for most restaurants, uh, there will still be a significant uh, part of the interaction, you know, as it relates to, you know, dealing with people and, and probably the same also back of house and in, in, you know, many kitchens across the country. For sure, there are some trends moving in the direction of, of you know, various different automation, especially for things that are mass produced or, you know, menu items that, you know, maybe represent a significant percentage of the of the menu uh, but overall i think that uh, we'll continue to see you know people and uh, that a personal interaction being a big part of our industry going forward we uh thank you for your time we thank you for your insight and uh, we wish the uh, industry all the success in the world <laughs>